I caught a fish. Yeah, I caught a fish yesterday. It was so much fun. The kids are having so much fun. And we have to keep praying for them because the counselors are exhausted, right? And the kids are cold. You know, it's not a typical week at camp where you're hot and you're complaining. They're like walking around like this, shivering. (laughs) And so we just need to pray for them really quick. Can we do that? Father, we just thank you that you are with our kids. You are with those that are serving our children. Father, we just declare protection over them. Just the spirit of the Lord hovering over that camp, Father. We just thank you for godly leadership, for wisdom, for all of the camp counselors and all of the adults there. We pray, God, that these lives will be changed forever. God, that they would know who they are in Christ and that these seeds will grow into mighty, mighty oaks of righteousness. We just declare that over their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, camp is powerful. It's just hard to believe what happens, you know, when those seeds are sown into little little hearts. So I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm sharing a message. I've been doing a church revelation series in Avon Lake, and, and um, I got a chance to talk about something that I feel like the Holy Spirit is talking to me about prophetic intercession. And um, he's just been really, really loud. You guys feel that? Really loud to pray and to intercede. Um, And I'll share a little bit more about that. But how many of you guys have ever heard of prophetic intercession? Okay, so some of you know. It's, It's not really that much different than intercession. And we'll talk a little bit about that. It's really your choice to step into the prophetic part, right, of intercession. And um, I just know that this is what God is saying and doing right now. He is calling all of us to become prophetic intercessors now. Like, it's, we don't have any more time. We have to go to the heart of God and pray the heart of God over our families, our nation, the nations of the earth. It is time. And so I just want to um, start with that. God's raising up watchmen who will become prophetic prayer warriors. So prophetic intercession is waiting before God in order to hear or receive his burden. It's his burden. And that burden could be a word. It could be a concern. It could be a warning. Now, I'm not talking about going to pass a judgment on a person. I'm talking about hearing God's heart, a warning maybe for a nation or maybe for the church, right? But what we do with that, we'll get into. A condition, a vision, or a promise. And it's responding back to him with prayerful petition, declaration, repentance, right? I know we're in the new covenant, but guess what? We still go to God with repentance on behalf of a nation. And then it's sometimes with corresponding action. That corresponding action didn't die with the old covenant. Sometimes we do something prophetically. Um, But most of the time that is on our knees. Amen. 
So in the Old Testament, the priests would plead the needs of the people before the Lord, while the prophets would bring the interests of God before the people. So you had two different roles there. But in the New Covenant, it's kind of one role. It's a prophetic intercessor. A watchman or an intercessor who prays back to God a human concern from his own heart. Because who lives inside of us? The Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives right here. So it's hearing him. It's carrying and praying back the heart of God to him. And every single one of us in here can be a prophetic intercessor. Do you know how much power is in this room? If we all say yes tonight, like power to rescue generations, power to preserve nations, right here in this Wednesday night crowd. You know, there were two kinds of prophets in Jeremiah's days. Jeremiah. <laughs> I love Jeremiah. <laughs> so in Jeremiah's days, there were those who, who thought they heard the Lord, right? They, they went on a lot of assumption. They were prophesying blessing. They were prophesying victory. They were prophesying success. <laughs> but they didn't take time to really listen to what God was saying or watching for what God was doing. Then there was Jeremiah. So there's all these prophets over here and then Jeremiah, <laughs> standing alone, basically. Jeremiah waited and heard what God's plan was, and that was to use Babylon. God's plan was to use Babylon. God's plan was to use Nebuchadnezzar for his glory. And the other prophets didn't, didn't take the time to go to God and listen right? In Jeremiah 27, 18, Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, but if they are prophets and if the word of the Lord is with them, have them now plead with the Lord of armies. So what he's saying is he's saying, listen, if they're listening to the Lord, they will stop arguing with me and get on their knees and pray <laughs> because they will have seen what I saw, right? That God was going to use Babylon, and he was going to use Nebuchadnezzar. So he saw what God was doing because he knew the heart of God. And we can become that prophetic intercessor. Let me make an announcement. It's not a special elite group of people. Any teenagers in here? You can be a prophetic intercessor right now. You don't have to wait until you're old like me. You don't have to wait. You can be a prophetic intercessor now because the Holy Spirit lives and breathes inside of you. So you may be called to be a prophetic intercessor if. You ready? So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if he's calling you tonight. Okay? So if you long for significance. If you long for significance. We all want to feel like we're contributing, right? We all want to change history. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come on. We want to leave a mark. We want to believe that we are special, that this is a need that God put in us. 
He created us this way, this need, this desire for significance. So every day we are looking for purpose, right? We are searching for significance. But the Bible says that God is searching too. God is searching. He's searching for someone that will stand in the gap. You know the scripture verse in Ezekiel? In 2230, he says, I searched for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. So we have all these people running around searching for significance and God's saying, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody that will take a stand in the gap and spare a whole nation, spare a whole land because they're, they're prevailing in prophetic intercession before me. Our search for significant is only found in our identity in Christ Jesus. And when we answer the call to be a prophetic intercessor, we partner with God to change history. Isn't that exciting? We can change history with God. The second thing that you might be a prophetic intercessor is because you are so serious. Now, I kind of like, I feel this down deep in my soul (laughs) because I'm like too serious sometimes. My family's like, oh boy, what does she want to talk about again? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I try to keep it light, but you know, sometimes you're carrying the burden of the Lord. And Jeremiah felt that, right? Jeremiah, could you imagine being Jeremiah? (laughs) I always think of him when I start feeling sorry for myself in the morning. Because I'm not a morning person. Like, I sit down and I'm like, oh. (laughs) I, like, need three cups of coffee before I feeling like, you know, I start feeling up. But I always think about Jeremiah. He was depressed. He tried so hard to stop prophesying. And it says in the Bible that he couldn't stop because it was like fire in his bones. He couldn't stop. But man, he was persecuted. He was beaten. He was put in stocks. You know those Cedar Point, those things that you, they stick, you stick your head in, you pretend, you take a picture at Cedar Point? No, these are real. <laughs> he was stuck in front of the whole city, made fun of, laughed at, persecuted, because he had the word of the Lord. He was labeled as too serious, negative, extra. Mary, you're too much. And that can be true because we carry the burden of the Lord. But Jeremiah was in the old covenant. Where are we? We're in the new covenant. Now it's our responsibility, say it's my responsibility, (laughs) to give the burden of the Lord back to him. And we do that with prophetic intercession. So we don't have to go around all day, mopey, and depressed. In Psalms 55, 22, you know, David was always ahead of his time. Why? Because he's the prophetic Jesus, right? (laughs) And he says, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Even if you see, right, the burden of the Lord, even if you carry it, that won't shake you because we give it back to God in prayer. It's our responsibility to walk in the joy of the Lord after we have given his burden back to him. Why? Because Paul told Timothy, 
He said, stir up the gift of God inside of you, right? Stir it up. He said, the reason I have to remind you is to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you what? The spirit of timidity. Or in another version, it's fear. Doesn't matter. We are not afraid. We're not afraid of what could happen. Why? Because we have power. We have love. And we have discipline. It's a gift from the Lord and we can walk in it. We can walk in it. The third thing that you may be a prophetic intercessor is you are watchful. Watchful people in here? Come on, raise your hand. You know what's going on? This could be your average conspiracy theorist. Now, don't, don't raise your hand now. But if you are following those certain accounts on Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you're watching these certain newscasts, right, you know what I'm talking about. But I like to think of a prophetic intercessor like the sanctified conspiracy theorists, right? <laughs> because we're not looking for what the devil's doing. We're not, we're not pulling rocks and looking and say, oh, is the devil there? Is he planning this? Is he doing this? No, because why? That's a waste of time. There's no power in that. There's no glory in that, right? Instead, we are the sanctified. We're the prophetic intercessors because it's easy to uncover what the devil's doing. But we have a spiritual perspective. Professing a doomsday message where everyone is out to get you, does not take the spirit of God living inside of you. It just takes your eyeballs, right? Looking to see what's going on around us. But there are those who will get up higher to see what God is doing. In Habakkuk 2, 1 through 3, this is where he's calling the watchman. He says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the watchtower. And I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and how I may rely, reply when I am reprimanded. Then the Lord answered me and said, write down the vision and inscribe it clearly on tablets so that one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time and it hurries toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it delays, wait for it, for it will certainly come, and it will not delay. This is the position of a true intercessor. It's up where he or she can see what God is doing. We can all see what the devil's doing. And sometimes God will show us from his advantage point what the devil's doing, but it's to show you how he's going to use what the devil's doing. Because God is in control. God is in control. Instead of being a conspiracy theorist, we purpose to be a prophetic intercessors. So the three things that you may have an indication that you're called to be a prophetic intercessor is you look for significance. You're very serious. <laughs> Not all the time, but you know what I mean. And then you are watchful. You're seen in the spirit realm, right? So what does a prophetic 
intercessor do? We know they pray, right? But what else do they do? How is that different from someone who says their prayers at night or says their prayers in the morning? We'll talk about that. There's three people, and there's a lot of prophetic examples, examples of prophetic intercessors in the Bible, but three stood out to me. So we could actually do probably a a college course on prophetic intercessors. But I'm going to talk about Abraham, because like Abraham, he petitioned God for grace over Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember that story? Daniel, he read the promise, and then he declared the promise. This was after Babylon, (laughs) that God would bring them back. And then Anna, because Anna was just a short little, short little quote in the Bible, but her whole life she looked for Jesus. And she had one opportunity to, to spot him, right? And she recognized him when she needed to because she was looking for the promise. And of course, Jesus. Jesus was probably the greatest prophetic intercessor <laughs> He would get up and go to a secluded place. He would spend time with his father so that even anything he said, anything that came out of his mouth was straight from the father's heart. And Jesus represented such a beautiful Nazarite spirit. And even that, a Nazarite spirit, think about that. The call to hold and carry a Nazarite spirit. Oh, it's not about don't let alcohol touch your lips or don't touch any dead things or, you know, it's, don't cut your hair. It's not about that. It's about carrying a spirit that is set apart for the Lord. Like my spirit won't be defiled by this world. And that was Jesus's example to us. So there's three things. We could talk about a lot more, but three things I want to highlight today. The prophetic intercessor worships. The prophetic intercessor worships. And when I say worship, I loved, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to get here when we're worshiping. You know, I just can't wait to get here and just throw my hands up and just give everything to Jesus in his presence. But there's something more to worship that I think we don't talk about very much. That's the reverence. That's the awe of God. That's the fear of the Lord. Do we live in holy fear before him? That's true worship. When we wake up in the morning and we're like, oh, your grace, your mercy over me. Right? That reverence, that stillness, that carefulness before him. In Psalms 25, it says, Who is the person who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. See, that's the promise. When we come before him and we fear him, man, he gives us instructions. He tells us which way to go. He tells us what to choose, right? It says his soul will dwell in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will rescue my feet from the net. Our reverence and our awe of the Lord connects us to his heart. It connects us to his heart. It's like a gift that he gives to us because we're postured before him. 
Worship is a huge heart, part of the prophetic intercessor. And it's slow. It's meditation. It's quiet in a noisy world. It's solitude. It's space for your minds, your soul, your bodies to give him reverence and awe. And we see this in the examples. Abraham, what happened in Genesis 18? He was just, he said he was just sitting outside his tent. It was hot. He was probably, you know, cooling himself off. And he sees the three guys over there and he said, oh my gosh. He knew. He knew there was something special about them. And what did he do? He got up and he sacrificed a lamb and he had some bread made for them. And he offered in worship, right, a gift for them, an offering for them. And in that moment, he was given his promise of a son by Sarah and then the warning of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And read it when you get a chance. Because God was compelled to let him know <laughs> because of that worship. He was compelled. He said, can I hide what I'm going to do from Abraham? And in that moment, Abraham went right to prayer. He went right to prayer. He said, you won't destroy the whole city for 50, right? And he bargained with God. He, he prayed, he petitioned the Lord. That was prophetic intercession. Daniel, he was consistent in his reverence and his worship. Even the way he ate. See, it's so much more than music. He ate worship, right? His diet was worship unto the Lord. He prayed three times a day regardless of the orders of the king. And it got him thrown into the lion's den, remember? But worship was so important to him. And then Anna, she had dedicated her life to worship, fasting, and prayer from the time she was a young widow. She gave her whole life to him. And God honored that with a glimpse of the Messiah. They all had created this life of reverence and awe before the Lord and became the prophetic intercessors. We have to live a life of worship. A life of worship. Number two, a prophetic intercessor will listen. They listen. They pay attention. They listen for his voice, his promise. His voice and promise. Right? His voice and his promise. Here it is. You're not getting it anywhere else. <laughs> his voice and his promise. And yes, he gives words. And yes, he, he's, he gives you songs and he gives you dreams. But it's confirmed here. If it's not confirmed here, you ate a bad cheeseburger. Right? <laughs> this is your anchor. This is your anchor. We listen to his voice. Paul told Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can't hear God's heart without knowing his word. Can't. And if the only time you learn about the Bible is on Sundays or Wednesday nights, that's not enough. It's just not enough. We could study this all day long, every day of our life, and still not know the amazing 
prophetic, right, (laughs) glory of the word of God. We have to know his word. Read it, meditate on it, memorize it. We were talking about that this morning. Study it together. Go on a mission to find out for yourself what sexual immorality or morality looks like from the word. Don't listen to other people. Learn it for ourselves. We can do that. Also, listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? We stop talking. Holy Spirit is always speaking. But sometimes our voice is louder than his. Of course, pray. Of course, bring him thanksgiving, right? Of course, bring him your supplication, your prayer requests. And then, zip it. (laughs) Listen for him. He responds to us. But sometimes we want him to respond like our 14-year-old, right? Or our husband. It's like, I asked you a question. Sorry, he's God. He doesn't have to answer you like you want him to answer you. Sometimes we have to be okay with being quiet for a couple weeks. That's how he talks to me. Sometimes I bring him a question and then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to (laughs) worship. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to wait and and recognize, right? Recognize. Posture my heart so I can hear you when you choose to tell me. I've been studying the churches in Revelation. And every church you see, but they went to the temple and worshipped Artemis. But they went to the temple and burnt incense. But they, you know, and I'm like, God, I know that church is not that, that horrible, Like, they're not any worse than we are. Like, we haven't arrived. And so I'm having this conversation with the Holy Spirit. What does that look like in modern-day America? Because we don't don't burn incense to idols, right? We don't go to temples and have sexual immorality on the altar and burn babies, right? Like, I was serious. I really wanted to ask the Holy Spirit, and I did. What does that look like? And he didn't answer me right away. Like it took a week, two weeks, three weeks. And I feel like he finally answered me. He said, what are you consuming? Because they would always say in this, let me back up a little bit. In the, in the churches, they would always say they, they ate meat sacrificed to idols. And that was something that the apostles told them not to do, the Gentiles. He said, don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. And so I was like, well, how are we doing this? How are we doing this? And finally, I heard him say, what are you consuming? Now you get it? And I was convicted. And right along the same time, he answered me. It was like the next day. Target comes out with this line, right, of clothing But the thing that got me was the little pin that said Satan respects pronouns. And I thought, I can't consume that. Can't consume that. It was like the Holy Spirit answered me. And I'm not saying I would tell that and preach that to you, like, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. 
and you can ask him the same question and he will tell you, right? But in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And then on June 1st, I'm reading a um, book, and I know Pastor Troy has shared a lot about, I knew June was coming, you know. We knew June was coming, and you could feel in the spirit. And I just, I wanted to learn more, so I was studying, and I love history. So I was learning a lot about history. And June 1st comes along, and it's just in my heart, you know, just being careful. And in the morning, I'm on Instagram, and I follow our president on Instagram. And he made a declaration, and it was a five-page post on Instagram. And it was a declaration, a proclamation, on behalf of the United States of America that we honor LGBTQ lifestyles. We, we celebrate them. And it was a proclamation on your behalf on our behalf. And so I just, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I just said, hmm, hmm, you know, <laughs> just like, oh. And then not less than two hours later, and I don't mean this disrespectfully or anything, but that post said, happy Pride Month, right? Less than two hours later, I see another post that our president fell in public. You know, a lot of people were making fun of him. But I saw in the spirit a scripture verse that I know in Proverbs 16, 18 that said pride comes before a fall. And I thought, God, I repent on behalf of our nation. Forgive us. Heal our land. That's what prophetic intercession is. When he allows you to see what he's doing. When he allows you to see and he gives you a job description. And he says, get on your knees right now. And then less than a week later, I was invited to a political meeting. And I don't, I don't usually go to political meetings. I like to keep my warring in the heavenlies, although I do vote. But I just felt this thing in my spirit that I needed to go to this, this political meeting. And so I went and felt really out of place. But I learned, and even on the way, <laughs> I learned it was all about pro-life, and I didn't even understand this. And, I, and on the way, I got a letter and opened it in the car, in the parking lot to this meeting, encouraging support to a pro-life organization that I'm involved in. So it was like Holy Spirit was all over it, right? And then I walk into this building, and they're talking about issue one. Anybody heard of issue one? Come on. Issue one is going to be voted on in August. It's a bill that restricts changing our Ohio State Constitution. It is so very important that this passes. Because in November, if it does not pass, abortions all the way up to nine months is going, are going to be approved in Ohio. 
And it was almost like God just arranged all of that so that I would know, so that I could pray, and so that I could open my mouth (laughs) because I don't care anymore. I will defend babies. I will defend children. You can hate me if you want to. I bless you and I love you anyways. (laughs) But that's an example of prophetic intercession where God wants to put you right in the middle of where his heart is. And he wants to trust us with that. So we listen, and it includes getting rid of external distractions. In Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. If the enemy can distract a prophetic intercessor, oh my gosh. If the enemy can distract a generation of prophetic intercessors, but he won't, we won't allow this, will we? We won't allow this. We will answer the call. We will put down our phones. I've been challenged again to give him the first fruits of the day. Give him the first fruits. Listen for his voice. Get on my knees. Pray his heart back to him, right? He will use his word. He will use our relationships. He will use our senses. If we stay anchored to his word, we can't get goofy, right? But we can pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Number three, we respond. The response of the prophetic intercessor is prayer back to God. It's petition, it's repentance. It's plea for intervention. Ever heard of the term, see something, say something? (laughs) Same thing. See something in the spirit? Get on your knees. Right? We get on our knees if we see something in the spirit. God is showing you something so that you can go to prayer. Sometimes it doesn't even need to be said to other people. Sometimes it does. But it always needs to be called out in prayer. Just like he did with Abraham, Daniel, and so many others. He wants us to partner with him, to stand in the gap. Remind him of his promises. He doesn't need our reminders, right? But oftentimes, he has chosen to partner with us. And our words have life, and we can declare in prayer. Oftentimes, he will just have me pray names of backslidden kids. I used to be a youth pastor, and some of those kids are not serving God. So I'll just be walking on my trail, and I'll just be like, Emma, I declare you are walking in the identity of Christ. You are healed. You are delivered. Your heart is captured by Jesus. And I'll just be declaring that. I'll say, Ryan, you are loved by God, by your heavenly Father. And those words have power, and they have strength to go across whatever city they're in, and capture their little hearts, right? And bring them back into the kingdom of God. Your words have power. So if you see me in my car and I look angry, I'm probably not angry. I'm just calling out these kids that I love. Justice. On behalf of someone else, the intercessor will take up a case of justice before a sovereign and righteous God. It's like a lawyer, 
You're like a lawyer because you know this word. You know what his law says. And you are going to, you're going to plea your case before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're like in a courtroom and you're saying, you promised healing. <laughs> you promised salvation. You promised deliverance to our children, right? And we're pleading the case before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And then senses or urgings. How many of you guys have ever gotten woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning, right? We got to get up. Even if it's, even if it's just a, a tired prayer, God honors those prayers. You never know. You never know what you're protecting someone from. Oftentimes he will speak to me this way during storms because we live on the lake. And I just feel like this urgency to pray when a storm blows in and those waves are hitting. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I could just feel it, right? We respond to those urgencies of prayer because they are from the Lord. And finally, we act. Sometimes God will ask you to do something in response to his promptings to pray. It's like a prophetic act. It may be as small as laying hands on someone, or it could be as big as moving, or changing jobs, or burning your shoes. That's what I did. When he was talking to me about consuming, right, what am I consuming, I realized that my shoes were a certain brand that I didn't appreciate their current marketing, and so I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, burn your shoes. So I did. I just had to obey. <laughs> Sometimes we just obey, right? And I got some weird comments, but that's okay. I just needed to obey. It was an act in response to his prompting. In Psalms 2.8, and I'm closing with this scripture verse, it says, I ask it of me, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. That belongs to the prophetic intercessor. And I know we, these ladies over here, I'm looking at them because they're going to come up here and pray for you guys if you want to have the anointing of a prophetic intercessor. But they have taken prayer walks to Oberlin where Charles Finney had his church, right? Declaring that God's sending revival in this area again, in this region again. There's, there's power in that obedience, there's power in that movement in prayer, in that prophetic intercession to pray. There's so much more that can be taught about prophetic intercession. And this was just like this much. <laughs> but I wanted to encourage you to step into it. Step into it. It is not for an elite special group of people. It is for you if you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of you. I want to read this quote, and it was from a guy named George Little, and I don't even know who he is, but this quote was amazing. It says, give me a man of God, one man, whose faith is master of his mind, and I will right all wrongs and bless the name of all mankind. Give me a woman of God, one woman, whose tongue is touched with heaven's fire, and I will flame the darkest heart with high resolve and clean desire. Give me a man of God, one man, 
one mighty prophet of the Lord, and I will give you peace on earth, bought with a prayer and not a sword. Give me a woman of God, one woman, true to the vision that she sees, and I will build your broken shrines and bring the nation to their knees. We can respond in prophetic intercession. Would you stand up with me? And I'm going to ask those ladies who, who meet <laughs> for prophetic intercession. I asked you guys if you wouldn't mind coming up and just praying. There is power in an anointing prayer and the laying on of hands. If you feel called to begin to move in prophetic intercession, I want you to respond to this altar call tonight. Because our nation needs it. Our nation needs you on your knees, praying for a generation to know who they are in Christ, to fight for the lost. Come on, come on up. This is a little practical word. Um, Holy Spirit does wake me up between 2 and 3 every morning. And you date it and you write the time and you write it in a book. And you keep it and you pray over it. And I meet with these beautiful ladies every week. And we none of us see in whole, we see in part. But our words go together. And this is an example. Here's the list of all the campers and the counselors. And we have 10 of these that went out. I know more people are praying, but we pray over these children and counselors every day. And this is the word I asked God. What do you want? What do you want for your children? And he gave it to me. Three in the morning, but that's okay. <laughs> it says, pray for my children. Pray they would be delivered from the spiritual wickedness that fills their lives. The battle is real. And the twisting one, that's Satan, is playing for keeps. Speak life into them. We have to speak life into our children. Speak life. Speak deliverance from word curses that are spoken over them. Intentionally or not intentionally. The words we speak go on for all eternity. God created the heavens and the earth with words. They don't return void. The illnesses that torment both their mind and their bodies bind the spirit of transgender and sexual confusion. Bind the lying spirits that torment them mentally. Call their names. We call their names before the God of Israel. We call their names every day. We call their names to him. And he says, and I will dispatch my angels to fight the demons of darkness. We, this is his heart. He told me his heart to pray back to him. And he will do it. Call their names. 
and I will dispatch my angels to fight the demons of darkness. Pray that the word spoken would take root in their minds and hearts. Watch this one. <laughs> Ask that they would grow into mighty oaks of righteousness. Rise, my bride, take your rightful place. It's time we stand. It's time we stand, not on the defensive, on the offense. Go after, go after what has been stolen. Our children have been stolen from us. Bring them back. Call their names before the Lord God Almighty every day. Call your family back. Call them back. Call them back. When these kids come back, Okay, so this was another word. This is for Joshua kids. This was the 12th. My children will know me. I will pour my spirit into them, and they shall remember no more the enemies that held them captive. For I am about to swallow them up. When they return home, my spirit will lead and guide them. They're coming back to the same households they left. And if you were ever to see some of them, it would make you shudder that these children see this and live in this. No more will the enemy be allowed to torment them and fill their minds with fear. I will heal their broken places and deliver them from the darkness that presses them down. Rejoice, my little ones, for the King of Glory kisses you with his favor. They're coming back with the kisses of favor upon their lives, and they will be no more as to what they left. Pray for them. If you don't know their names, just pray for them anyway. Just call them the JK kids and the counselors. They are weary. <laughs> it's, I can take about a half a day, and that's it. <laughs> Please pray for them. Pray for your family. Our God is real. And this is just an example of practical, prophetic intercession. I ask him, what is your heart for these kids? And he told me, and I am not special or different than any of you. Ask. But you know what? You have to be in this. You have to be in this or you won't know. You have to be in this. You have to. It's not too late. If you want to be anointed for prophetic intercession, come on up. I'd love to pray for you. And we worship out.